She was born in Cairo, Egypt, raised in Brooklyn, New York, and she's been behind the camera for over 30 years. Hey, Nancy, bring your camera. We're having a party. Um, so I feel for me, the way photography has evolved definitely is for the better. People will not take pictures in the sun with flash, but flash offsets shadow. I, I think you captured it in your bio because you said freeze it in time. You can't freeze in time words. All right, welcome to another great episode of the Dre and Smiley, the Inner Circle Podcast. We have a great guest on with us today. Oh, I'm most excited because we have Nancy D. Philippus. Nancy and I actually met, the, we worked together at the same company, and I did not know she had aspirations in photography. She was an amazing marketing representative at our company, but let me give you some background on Nancy. She was born in Cairo, Egypt, raised in Brooklyn, New York. And she's been behind the camera for over 30 years. And I know it hasn't been 30 years since I've met her. We worked together maybe like eight years ago, maybe 10. But she finished her BA in marketing, communication, advertising, creative photography. She's participated in thousands of competitions, ranking in the top 100. And her photos have been exhibited in galleries around the world, like Athens, Barcelona, Tel Aviv, Germany, Lisbon, Scotland, you just, just to name a few. So that tells us there's many others. So she takes a joy in taking images, freezing it in time and portraying its beauty. And we, I am so excited to have you here, Nancy. Please talk to us, tell us how, how did you get into photography and then software? Maybe you could blend those two together for me because I had no clue <laughs> that you were this amazing photographer. So please talk to us sure, about that. Sure. So um, I guess my life has always been, it started in marketing um, after school. And one thing I have always had is a camera. I don't know what led me to that very early on, probably um, high school, college. Um, I always had a camera back then, all the pocket camera, you just snap and, and take a picture. Um, I've always been the type of person, whether it was in a party or a family gathering that always like to savor the moment, because once that moment is done, what, what do you have to, um, capture, you know, the time and the essence of, of what we had. Uh, so I always had a camera with me, college outings, family outings. Um, and it was, it's really started when I had my kids. Um, and capturing those baby pictures because kids grow up so quickly, and especially in that first year. Um, so I upgraded my cameras, got a really nice Nikon back then, um, and started really taking pictures of my girls. And that evolved more into, hey, Nancy, bring your camera. We're having a party. Or, hey, Nancy, we're going to do this. And um, started doing that. Um, marketing has always been my love. of. I've always been um, a type of person that likes to plan. Um, and I got into marketing long time ago and it started more in newspapers. And then I evolved into software and I'm still in software. I got out of software for a little while into more hardware. Um, but some, you know, something brought me back to software. Um, so that I use, you know, that is my nine to five Monday through Friday concept. And then whenever I could fit in photography, which is all the time, you know, I, I am, I'm always behind the camera. Um, I actually started sort of a, like a side gig with one of my partners and we do weddings and, um, uh, engagement parties, but mainly we, we focus a lot on weddings. And so the good thing about doing it on a part-time basis is you could say no, if, if there's not an appropriate time, it's not my livelihood that I have to depend on it financially. I wanted to keep it as something that is my passion and enjoy. And if we don't have to, you have to do it, then you could, you know, you could choose to do it when you want. So, um, just, you know, I upgraded cameras over the years and learned new tricks of the trades and understand the photography business a little bit more and just develop from that. I um, When I was in college during the mid 80s, I took a photography class and we were doing film, of course, mm -hmm. during then. And and I was in the dark room exposing film and it was like a, a hobby, a passion. It was it was fun. But how. I mentioned that because around 2007, 2008, in my world, it started to switch from film to digital. Right. 
And how was that transition? Do you miss film? Because I, 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 I like being in the dark room and exposing it and all that stuff. But now it seems like AI hit the film world like 20 years ago and then it became digital cameras. Talk about that transition or if you if, if there's any major differences so in your techniques. The major differences to me, especially in today's camera world, is you could see right there and redo it to fix it. Um, back in film, you took the picture, you had no idea. Did you capture it properly? Was there the proper lighting background? It was when you developed it and go, okay, you know, this is what I got, but the time, the essence is done. So I know when I'm usually at either a model shoot or a, um, uh, uh, a wedding, you have a few minutes to redo. I, I quickly let's take the camera, go to the viewfinder, see that I capture the right picture. If not, are their eyes closed? You couldn't do that long time ago. Um, I love AI. I love technology, but I feel so sometimes photographers take pictures and they make them so pristine that they're not real anymore. Mm -hmm. So I would, I like to enhance certain things. Like if it's a little dark, you make it a little lighter. Um, if the, especially brides, please take my wrinkles away. You know, I'm not going to make her look like a China doll, but I'll subside it a little bit. And so you enhance a little bit, but the true essence of the picture is still there. Um, so I feel for me, the way photography has evolved definitely is for the better. Um, I think you could still go back if you find uh, a camera that still does film but that's more, like you said, it's a mm -hmm. hobby. It's really understanding the whole development stage. But I think in today's world, everything has to be done yesterday. Um, having things in, in your viewfinder right there and you're able to say, I got what I need. And I know when I go back to my software, I could enhance that a little bit more. But at least you, you were able to get like 80% or 90% of that shot that you wanted to take. So for, for, for asking me, I like today's world. Back then, you were stuck with what you got. That Makes was sense. it. So today, um, in terms of photography, it sounds like it's more of a business or is it a hobby and a business for you? It's a hobby that makes me a little bit extra money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but, but I, I take it seriously. I, you know, I have done model shoots. So models will call me um, because they see me on Instagram um, and sometimes we will do a barter system if it's not any payments involved. Uh, but for weddings, weddings take a lot of time. It's not my time there. It's my time editing five to 500 to a thousand pictures afterwards. So that we definitely have to charge on, on a wedding. Um, and then it just teaches me more and it's, it's fun. It's, it's something fun to do. Um, and like I said, it's mainly the weekends cause I, I still am doing marketing full time. But maybe in time to come when I retire, then I do photography full time. And, you know, but for now, I like it to be a hobby because I enjoy it. I don't have to say, oh, my God, I have to go have another 20 shoots to, to you know, sure. to pay my bills. So um, I that's, you know, that's where I am in my life with photography. But it's always going to be there. Smiley mentioned earlier when he was in college, he took a photography class. When I was in college, I did music. Mm -hmm. I DJed. And one of the challenges um, that most DJs have, me and my friends who have DJed talk about this, is that when we hear music, especially from a DJ, it's hard to just listen uh -huh. to the music without critiquing it. So for you, right. as you move throughout your day, what's the challenge you face? Because you're a photographer, you've been doing it for um, a, a number of decades. What's the challenge you face on a daily basis yep as it relates to you just moving throughout your day being a photographer? What, what things do you see and kind of make you cringe or pause as, as it relates to photography? So one thing for, this is just speaking about me and I know other photographers are different. Um, I will not criticize or critique other photographers' um, uh, images. With that being said, I think everybody is mm. unique and there's some people that like, dealing with just black and whites. That's all mm -hmm. they like to shoot. Um, and they have a different um, mm. uh, style. Okay. So what they are and what I am could be totally different. Neither one of us are wrong. It's just our style. And, you know, it's just dealing with like, I don't know, Gucci, Fendi and Louis Vuitton, right? They're all, they all have their signature mm -hmm. right. of who they are and, and, and what they want to be. And I feel like photography is like that. 
I appreciate a lot of the images that I see from other photographers. And I follow in my Instagram so many mm. photographers. And there's some I look at, I'm like, yeah, they're right. they're okay. Um, and it's like, you go back to, to old school, like what your mother said, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. And, um, you know, I will, I will never say anything bad because if that's their passion and if that's their style, say, you know, be it. But, and and for me too, I, if I'm critical, I'm critical Mm. about me. Um, and if I didn't take something the right way and I wish I would have done it a different way, then I, I try to go correct it. So if I do like landscape photography or birds or trees or things like that, I'll go out shooting and I'll be like, mm, I, you know, I, I should have done something that's a little bit different. I have the opportunity to go back and reshoot and fix what I want to enhance on. Um, but in regards to critiquing other people, unless it's like this phenomenal, um, G- a natural geographic kind of photographer, you know, I, I think everybody's very talented in their own way and they have their yeah. own style, you know, fashion, just like anything yeah, else. Sense. So does that it answer does. what it's you're... Totally, and, and, and it resonates with okay. me because I had to come to that point of realization, which is, you know, every DJ is going to be different and that's great. That's, that's, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was young, I would think, Oh, you know, this could have been better. That could have been better. But the reality is that you know they're they're performing the art as they way the way they see it, and so you know it can right. be appreciated just as any other you know art form. Tell me this: when you started out in uh, doing it professionally, I know you started. You mentioned you were younger mm-hmm. and you'd always hear a camera that sort of thing. Two questions: What was the moment that you realized, you know, I could probably make a couple dollars at this? And then I have a follow up question to that. It's it's when people started asking me to take pictures of them. So um, if it was uh, a friend's and they had their family coming over for Christmas, then all of a sudden I'm taking pictures. Um, then when I started doing Instagram and just posting the pictures that I love to take, then I got models calling me, would you take my picture? And then when people started asking me more and more, I go, you know, why not turn a hobby into, you know, a little business, nothing that's going to consume my life. And, and like I stated earlier, I have the choice whether I would like to do it or say no. Um, but also what taught me in photography is the type of cameras. Um, a lot of people buy four or $5,000 cameras and my cameras are that expensive, but I know how to use them. And you also have to have the talent to use them. You just can't buy something expensive and just think you're going to put it on auto and click and you're going to get this phenomenal picture. There's a lot involved mm. into it. There's like this triangle and how depth of field and, and you go on and on and on. So um, I always tell people starting out, buy a nice camera and and use all these options. There's, re- there's a reason why there's all these dials on this camera because it could do things for you. And I definitely see the difference in my photography when I had shooting my Nikons that were you know, worth eight, $900. And then shooting now my Sony's that are worth a couple of thousand dollars, the, the hardware, the glass, the technology, the sensors, everything that's in there makes a big difference on my images. And I could take the same picture with the two different cameras and fit just, just physically, I could see the difference. So, so you got to invest, you know, just like anything else you have to like your equipment. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. And there's there's different levels, and I'm, I I know that type of equipment is is not like you know cheap, and it's just it's a matter of what quality do you want, um you know That's to right. go forward. That's right. So when you think about the different yeah. subjects that you shoot, which is your the most challenging mm-hmm. and why? Um, mothers and brides. <laughs> <laughs> why is yeah. that? Um, I have, yeah, I haven't had any bridezillas. They've been really phenomenal. And the husbands to be are usually the ones just ask her and I'll do what you want. Um, models who are starting out, they are looking for guidance. So I learn from the professional models and I watch what they do and I take that learning. And, and so if someone's starting out, I'll say, okay, this person who I worked with, I see how you're positioned. Let's try this. And she never thought just the change of her hand or a change of her body gesture is going to make such a big difference in the uh, in the in the picture. Um, like I said, I am more I, I feel as a photographer, even though if I have experience, the person I'm photographing, it, you have to respect them on what they're able or not able to do. 
Um, and if they want, don't want to do something, I'm not going to force them for the, for just the sake of getting that shot. I will always say, have you thought about doing it this way? Or can we do this way? I had some brides, I guess the mother's the one that really hired the photographers and the bride and groom are like, they could care less about the photography, but I am like, they hired us. We, we need pictures. So we take as much. I'm like, Hey, could we do this? Could we do that? And they're like, no, I'm like, okay. Like I just will never force somebody to do what they don't want to do. So, so you mentioned the challenging ones are the mothers and the brides. Are the easy ones the babies? The baby, <laughs> or which ones like on the opposite end of the spectrum? Which ones do you like? Oh, I'm so glad I got this opportunity to do the birds or yeah. the children or I, the football. Actually, games. actually, like a- animals are not that bad. Depending, um, I think a good challenge is when um, I'm out and landscape is probably. Landscape, of course, is the easiest because nothing's moving, <laughs> but, but you have to capture it. Um, the, the lighting is 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 key uh, for, for that. Um, I did go on some local safaris, if you want to call them that. And that was a challenge because these are wild animals and you just you, you have seconds to catch the, the shot. So you have your continuous and then you go back and you look at 300 pictures and you just get the one or two. Um, but I, you know. Children, I did children. It really depends on the kid and, and how um, well behaved. Some of them are camera hogs and they're so happy. And especially if you show them their picture and they go, oh, that's me. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, okay, here I am again. Um, but when, when, I, when I was saying about mothers of the brides, because they then have a camera in their hand. And now I'm trying to catch the bride and groom coming down the aisle and they do this, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, yeah, could you? So we 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 with the DJs that we have at the the weddings, we started working with them and say, please make the announcement that let the photographers get their pictures done, and then anybody from the family is welcome to you know to do whatever they want to do. So, um, like again, you work with people and you try to make things as as uh, pleasant as possible for everybody. I, I want to circle back to your bio and I mean, I'm just fascinated and surprised with all of these different exhibits around the mm-hmm. world. Which exhibit did you say? I'm so excited. Just major year. Was it being in Athens, Lisbon or Berlin or which was that one that you just like, oh, I've arrived. I, I think my overseas one because, you know, so we we um, apply online and they say where it's going to be. So, of course, you have a lot of the local people from that country applying as well. So to to get chosen to be in a gallery. So what they do is they do it two ways. Either they put it like on a huge screen and it's, you know, um just more digital or they print it. And I had both done for, you know, exhibiting in these. So there's a certain um, theme that they ask for. There's certain qualifications for um, the image that has to be submitted. Um, And there's also a, um, a ranking people choose also based on what you submitted and they, whether they choose, yes, I like this image. I don't like this image. That also plays a measure on, whether this is going to to go. I feel for me, a lot of the European ones, um, anything international, only because it's like, that's pretty cool, considering I don't live there, have nothing to do with that country. Um, and I'm competing against locals as well. So for me to get chosen for something like that was pretty neat. So just so I can understand, the when you were in these other galleries, it's because you won a competition or is the competition in the galleries the same um the it's it's both so i submit what they request um i i get chosen on that level first but then they i guess they they run this through of you know um when they ask if if you want to do you like this picture you don't like this picture and then they see how many people have you know clicked yes or no so it's kind of like a twofold i first have to be approved to for the gallery and then to submit whether it's going to be digital or print, then they go and they let people kind of like decide, is this a worthwhile uh, photo? And that's, you know, then I get a call or an email saying your photo has been chosen to be submitted digitally or printed. And I and I had both wow. of them done. One, one last question before I turn it over to Andre. Sure. 
Are any of your work here in Tampa? I I haven't. Yeah, I mean, we have galleries here, and I, we the the ones I have been submitted to, I have not seen Tampa yet. But if I see any Florida ones, I do try um, to to submit for that. I mean, I'm trying to submit something like for um, uh, the. Um, not the Van Wazel, but uh, like Selby Gardens here in Sarasota. Sometimes they want you to submit, but that's mm -hmm. floral and things like that. So when I do see that they have competitions uh, that we could submit locally, I try to do it. Nice. But sometimes they seem a little nice. bit more demanding than the ones overseas for some reason, but it, it, nice. it is what it is. So if you think about the um, what, you, what you're doing in photography currently and even what you might hope to do, mm -hmm. What's the pinnacle for you where you've where you could say, wow, I've reached the top of this in terms of recognition, perhaps. What's the pinnacle for you? It, it's not for me. It's not really about me. It's about when I get the reaction from who I'm photographing. So, um, you know, for me, I'm happy all the time, especially if there's certain shots that I like to if I got them. But when I get a call from the bride that got, I got that shot with her and her father looking at each other while they're dancing and there's tears down his face. And I got that moment of time and she goes, you, and, and especially, I mean, not to get on the sad side, but you know, months later, if, if you know, we had fathers pass away and she has that image of that moment that gets to me, you know, and, and I was able to do that for her. And, and she has that now, you know, for her lifetime to look at that image of her and her father dancing at that moment. And that's why when I wrote in my bio, it is, it's capturing that second, that moment of time that you will never be able to redo mm. again. So it's, so it's never really about me. I, I will just keep on going and, and bettering myself. But when I get, uh, whether it's a model that made it in a magazine. I have one model that um, uh, it's called Full Magazine and, and um, I submitted. They wanted um, models that were dressed elegant um, in kind of like casual atmosphere. And I submitted and I made um, three, mm. six pages, I mean, of her. Um, and she's an amazing model. And I wow. called her and she's like, oh my God. And, you know, I was able to get the publication and she purchased it as well. And by her being so happy and, you know, that, that mm. made it for me, you know, so mm. it's for me, I, it, I've always been like that in regards to photography. I enjoy what I know I enjoy of and the whole essence of photography and, and fiddling around with the photos. But when someone else says, you got that shot for me and it made it for me, that's what. Yeah. It's like the stamp of approval, right? It's like, wow. It's like validation. Yeah. If you yeah. Will. yeah. So um, mm -hmm. it, it seems to me that you're really good at what you do. One, you have a passion for it too. The icing on the cake mm -hmm. is simply that you're you know, able to get a few dollars for it. Um, I, I think you would do it yep. for free, you know, because you have that passion. So because it's so strong and you're so successful, do you see a point in the near future where you'll make that pivot from having a full-time job outside of this and doing this full-time? And if so, what does that look like? If, if that happens, it, I would like literally have to have um, the amount of um, uh, whether it's weddings or whatever, whatever the situation that I could make the income I'm making as a marketing person. If I could say, okay, um, I'm making X amount, and if I do this much photography, I could still make this X amount. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to because, it, like you said, it's it's a passion. But I don't think I'm there yet with just my living style and you know owning my home and, and paying my bills that I can make that off photography now because the competition is, is insane um, all over Florida. There's there's everywhere you look. There's a photographer. The photographer. But what stands me and and also when I when my partner is, I think the respect that we have for our clientele, um, we're not going to charge a zillion dollars like some of these photographers. I mean, I have some friends who had um, daughters that got married and I go, how much did the photographer charge? Like, what are they doing? I like, you know, do they do they like, you know, photograph musicians? And, you know, I just didn't understand like what they were doing and they were using the same equipment we were using. But, you know, they want to have that prestige of saying, if I 
charge this much. I'm only going to get these, you know, high accounts or whatever. And I rather deal with the mm. normal people. You know, I don't, I don't need to deal with mm. the Ritz Carlton people of the world. Um, I rather middle class mm-hmm. work hard. I have my kid getting married. I need a photographer. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. have a good time. And I enjoy those types of people sure. a, a lot more. Well, one comment as I think about, as I listen to that, I have a friend of mine who works in production. Um, he's semi-retired. Mm-hmm. At times, he'll take on jobs for people. But what he doesn't do mm-hmm. is he doesn't charge anything. And one of the reasons he doesn't is because it's kind of what you touched on. You know, if you, the more money you charge, sometimes you got a different clientele who's unrealistic, too demanding. Right. And next thing you know, you're jumping over hoops and you really just can't satisfy them. So his thing, his thing is like, right, I'm not right. going to charge because one, if I don't get it done, there's nothing they can say. You know, if, if, if I don't meet their, their exactly. standard, there's nothing they can say. So that, 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 that makes sense to me. Yeah. One, one, one other question for you. So you mentioned you have a partner. So how did you find mm-hmm. that partner? Um, because oftentimes, you know, that can be challenging in itself. Smiley and I, one of the things I think we have going for ourselves is that we're like a hand and glove fit, you know? So it's, it's pretty easy. Yeah. We, we can almost finish each other's sentences. But that doesn't happen overnight and easily. How did you find your partner and, right. uh, and how's that working out? So when I moved to Florida 21 years ago, back then there was groups to meet people mm. called Meetup. Um, and it was just social groups for people who moved to the state, don't know anybody and want to make friends. So David, um, who is partnering with me now, we, we met up in one of the groups and we just became friends over time. I then opened up my own little social group. Um, and then David and a few other friends came into that group. And we had just been friends for a long time. But then we both discovered we both love photography. He does photography. I've been doing photography. And then little by little, um, he started saying, hey, if somebody backs out, would you come and help me? I said, absolutely. And I said, I'll do the same because we were just doing individually, families, friends, you know, little things like that. And then we started meeting at photography shoots and photography shoots are, there's a models who are still not out there in the world and they want to build a portfolio. So we do a barter thing. We take pictures of them, they post it, but they say who the photographer is. um, And then everybody gets the awareness out there. Um, So we started meeting at those types of things. And then little by little, we've been helping each other. So we just said, Hey, why don't we just, we both have full-time jobs, but why don't we open up this, this kind of like on the side. And we, like, like I said, we could choose when we want to or not want to, we don't have to choose every single wedding or engagement that comes our way. Um, so we've been doing it for a few years now and David and I just get along just like you guys, you know, we really don't have any arguments. We both respect each other. We both will critique each other. Like, He'll say, Nance, why don't you try this? And I'll say, did you look at that? And, you know, it, it's not a, um, uh, what's the proper word? It's not we're like critiquing in a negative way. It's just to help each other out. Uh, you know, so the one thing we both realized when we were taking pictures in the sun and people don't think about that, we use our flash. People will not take pictures in the sun with flash, but flash offsets shadow. And the pictures then come out beautiful. I mean, the sun is shining crazy as it is. And you figure, but then there's a lot of shadowing when you start taking those photos, but the, 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 the flash will offset. And then the pick person will come out crisp with a nice background and it's a beautiful shot. So the, just something simple like that, we changed and our images were a lot more crisper outside, inside, no matter what the situation is. So we invested in lighting, different lighting. Um, so we, you know, like um, I, I'm dealing right now, you know, with with home and my dad and things like that. And I said, David, you know, we had a wedding coming up. I said, I'm not going to be able to do it because I got to deal, you know, stuff with my dad. We give each other notice and we get each other another backup. You know, we have other photographers that we do know that we trust because, again, if you're doing a wedding. You got to make sure that other photographer you bring on is going to do a good job. I mean, it's someone's wedding. Um and if he has to fly for business somewhere, Nance, I can't be there. I was just at a wedding last Friday. He goes, 
I'm going to be in New York. Could you cover this? Absolutely. It was like 120 people after work. It's in the evening. I went, I did the wedding by myself and, you know, it was done. So we all, we're always on the same page. We always notify each other and we just, you know, we're, we're good. We're really good friends. So, you know, we get along that way. Nice. That's amazing. And um, I want to, I want to get into the demographics of uh, photography because I remember back during the eighties and nineties, it seemed like it was a male dominated, you'd never seen lady photographers. And are you finding that that's changing now or there, let's say it was 85, 20, 15% back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Is it 50, 50, 60, 40, or are there more I think there's, lady photographers? Yeah, there's still more male. Definitely. Um, I would say 65, 35. There's a lot more females, but it's still just like technology, right? In software, it's more mm-hmm. male oriented. But I am realizing, and David is too, when you have a female photographer like myself, I get a little bit more out of the brides or the females that I'm photographing. They open up to me a lot more to photograph them than they will a male photographer. Um, and when I go on shoots um, and there's all these models, me and maybe two other female photographers, the rest are all men, you know, when I, when I go on shoots. So it's definitely still a male-oriented um, kind of career. Also, this is coming a little futuristic. Uh, the past three weeks, two months, everyone's been talking about chat AI. Mm-hmm. And then they have this one thing where it's doing, you talk to the AI and it draws a picture yep. for you. Uh, what type of impact are you finding this this new technology? And I mean, I, I mentioned when I was doing it, it seemed like it was a monumental shift to go from film to digital. And now we're going from digital to just saying Dre in a tuxedo yep. with long hair <laughs> and the AI draws a picture. It is, it's, it is really <laughs> so scary. What impact is that having? I, I started playing around is, with Are it. you finding yeah, that? I, I, I'm, I'm playing around with it a little bit, but in my photography, that's, I feel that's like an extra, extra piece that's fun. But I think what you have to um, mm-hmm. submit is your true photography. So I started doing that a little bit for some of the models that, you know, I have all their pictures for submission, but if I want something a little bit funny for Facebook or things like that, you could do like an AI image of them. Um, I think it's great for the graphics world, but I think for photography, it it's not, <clears throat> I don't think it's ever going to take that over. I really don't because I, I think the creativity of photography and, and it's, you just, I mean, just like the Mona Lisa, I'm sure they could duplicate it as, as pristine as possible, but no one is going to be able to do it like a million percent, just like, you know, the create, the, the creator. So I think it's a fun tool. Um, I mean, the software I'm in is AI, you know, and but on a business level, mm-hmm. it's very useful. It's helpful. It's going to help, te- you know, uh, the, the businesses that are out there on productivity. So that part of AI is needed, especially like chat and video and things like that. But I think when you're replacing an art um, with AI, it's fun. But I don't know if it'll ever really like replace it. I really don't think so. I think you captured it in your bio because you said freeze it in time. You can't freeze in time words no. like that. That father who passed on, who was had that perfect image with his bride, his daughter at the at the mm-hmm. wedding. You can't get an AI to capture that perfect moment in time. Right. And I think that's the deficit of a of an artificially intelligent <laughs> generated <laughs> image. But yeah. no, thank you. So Nancy, tell yeah. me this: We've talked about uh, a lot of things around. Uh, photography, how well um, it's been working out for you, that sort of thing. What's one thing that people don't know about you that you wish they did? Oh, wow. Um, I think a lot of people really know who I am. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely the type of person people know I will do anything for anybody that I care about. So that that's not on like a personal level. But I, I think sometimes people don't realize how much effort and behind the scenes I might do to get something done. Like they think they see something and it's finished and they're like, Oh, Nancy could do it. Oh, Nancy got it done. 
but they don't understand the work that was put in to get that done. So I think some people will see me knowing that I, because they always relied on me. So they see that I could get something done, but if they really knew behind the scenes, how much work I really had to do to get it done, because I'm just the type of person that does not, uh, I'm not a complainer. I'm not a type of like, oh my God, I worked on this like for like 50 hours and I am so tired. I just, I, that's not me. I got to a point, um, said, I said, if it's not gonna, um, mm. add value, you know, and it could be family too. I'm, I'm not, I'm not ashamed yeah. to say that it could be, it could be family too. If that person or those people mm. don't add value to me, to my mm-hmm. my mom and dad, to my girls, to just my life. Like, what? Right. Why are you here? Right. You know, if if you're here just to watch my life, but you have nothing to offer me, you know, and it's just like they show up on the most like, like right. who are you? You know. So I said to myself, I'm not, I'm not gonna. That's not gonna upset me anymore. It's just better not to have these people mm. in my life. And I and I started doing that, making my circle mm. a little bit smaller. And, you know, I value who I have. And then those are the people I, I focus on and take awesome. care of. That's an awesome transition. Um, what we're going to move into is the final four. And and the final four is something where we, we ask all of our podcast guests just uh, to get something a little cerebral. So think of it like this. You're having dinner. It's a table of four. You're at one seat and the other three chairs Alive or dead, who are sitting at the dinner table with you? Who and why? Four people? Three. Three people. Three. You and three others. Ooh. Four total at the table. Um, okay, well, you know one answer. And you know who I, celebrity who I love and would die for. And I'm actually going in April. So Janet Jackson, and he knows oh. me. I'm a nut. Okay. I love it. <laughs> and I got I my it. ticket for Orlando in April, fifth row from the stage. She would what? be. What? <laughs> Can I come? <laughs> I'll sit um, on the floor. I, I want to go. I follow her all around the world. So awesome. um, I would just love to know her life because just reading her book and, and, and everything that the Jacksons have gone through, I would just love to sit and really understand the true essence of who this woman is. Um and it's hard because you said now I have only two more seats and I and I love both my parents and, and both my girls. But um I I would probably, even though I love them, I know everything about them, I would probably choose um of I'm not, you know, I'm not sure the name, but I would probably choose a very successful business person that mm. how did you get there? What did mm. you do? Tell me from like when you were born to, to going to school, to, you know, making your billions and really understanding what that took to get there. Um, and then the last person would probably be like a renowned photographer. I would love mm. to sit with that person and take a year off and travel with that person around the globe, just watching what they do and learning. Cause I feel, and I feel no matter what career you're in it, you're never, um, it's never late to learn more. There's always, there's always an opportunity to learn and make yourself better. You know, when, when somebody goes, I know it all. No, you don't. <laughs> you just you don't. don't. Um, and I will never say I know it all. I'm always learning, whether it's in marketing or whether it's in photography, I am always learning. And I was like, really, you could do that. And then I try it. And so those are like the three types of people, Janet, of course, somebody renowned who has made probably a a crazy amount of money, but why, how, like how, what got you there? And then probably a photographer that I would love to travel around the world and just learn and and understand the whole tactic. So, so tomorrow you win the lottery, you got $20 million and you could fly to any place on the planet to take that ultimate photo. Which part of the world would you go to? Australia, New Zealand, Africa? I would go to, I, I would go to South Africa safari all the way, like in a hut, awesome. you know, $10,000 cameras around me, like, you know, and just, just keep on shooting day and night and just really understanding uh, that culture and, and that facility over there. 
I think that would be amazing. I mean, I, I have traveled in other countries and it's, you know, more for the culture and the people, but I really want to just go out where there's, there's no, no humans. It's more the, the, the life that these animals and, and, you know, everything lives that would be amazing. What's been your greatest success personally or professionally? Um, I think my greatest success is being a mom. Um, and raising my girls on my own. Um, grandparents have been amazing. They're always there, but I learned so much raising my girls and who they are today. So they're both, uh, Brianna's 27 and Corinne's 29. Brianna's a, um, social media, um, guru, I call her. And Corinne is a very successful realtor. They both own their own homes. I sit back and knowing these little girls that I had to drag to school, but they were like me when it came to study. They would come home, study, take their snack, make sure they're picked, they're, they're finished, make sure they're ready for their exams the following day. And then they would go have fun with their friends. Um, and then over the years, I just watched them, how they, they grew and became young women and now, you know, young professionals. And I said, you know, me telling them, nope, they can't go out at night. Nope, that friend I'm not agreeing with. No, you got to, you know, I want your cell phone. All those little things I'm hoping has helped like, you know, develop who they are today. So I would definitely say my girls um, on a um, um, on a personal level and on a professional level, I would I would say my career photography. Like I said, it's it's my passion. But marketing, I've always grew in, in different directions um, but I kept on growing. I de- never dipped down. I, you know, I might have hit plateaus depending on the economy and the industry, but I always try to just keep on going up and learning and becoming more. And I think what what gets me where I am today is who who I am, my personality. Um, I deal with a lot of different personality of people, from the CEO, you know, down to anybody, mm-hmm. and. I feel, and I know I'm only speaking about my behalf, I feel they enjoy working with me because I am very flexible. You know, again, I have to take every individual a little bit differently and can't treat them the same. Um, And if somebody likes something done this way, I got to respect that and we do it. So I'm never the type to go, no, 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 we're not going to do it this way. Let me tell you how we're going to do it. I, I will never say those words to anybody. I will recommend how I did something and say, this is how I did it. If you feel this might work, Let's do it. But if, if how else would you like to do it? And and put the ball in their court and respect their wishes. Because at the end, I'm going to need their help for these shows or, or for that webinar. Um, because even though I am orchestrating everything, I still have to depend on a team when we go deliver everything. So, you know, I think respecting one another in any type of industry, I, I, I sometimes see that does not happen with people. You know, some people, depending on their title, this is what how it is and this is how it's going to be and you got to get it done. Okay. But, I, you know, I'll switch it. I'll go, I have no problem. I will do it the way you want to do it. But if it fails, then you do not come and point the finger at me because I'm doing what you want to do. Even if I'm against it, I will still mm-hmm. respect their wishes and do it. So, it, I, you know, I feel that that has kept on me from, you know, to grow because of the respect I have for other people. And, and, and that's, of course, my upbringing from my, my folks. And that's something I'll never lose, no matter where I am in life. So one, one quick uh, question. You mentioned your upbringing uh, at the top. Smiley mentioned Egypt. Mm-hmm. So touch on that. Sure. So I came um, I came from Egypt. I came I was born in Egypt. And um, back then, my, my dad and one of my uncles decided, hey, let's go to America. Why not? You know, I think they were just drinking and they were like, why not? And all of a sudden, they got their papers and we were on a flight coming to the United States. And we ended up landing our life in Brooklyn. Um, and I remember going to school um, and I was didn't speak English. I'm four years old. I come from a different country. And I used to get beat up, you know, because the kids are start trying to talk to me and play with me. And I'm sitting there going like, I, you know, the teacher called in my mom and yeah, and she's like, Mm. she will learn, but she needs to defend herself. So over time, as my English got better and as I learned things, that's where I say I got my Brooklyn attitude because it made me it gave me that tough shell. 
And I think that helped me throughout my entire life because I'm, I'm patient, I'm tolerant, but if you get on my bad side, you're going to wish you never met me. So it's a wrap. <laughs> exactly. But, um, um, it was, it was interesting growing here. Um, especially, you know, Egypt people think right away, oh, you're Muslim. No, but I'm not. I'm Christian. I am the minority in Egypt. Until this day, it is run by a Muslim population, mm-hmm. but there is more equality there than there used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was hard. Mm-hmm. But now with so much different diversity of culture and, and diver- a, a different diversities marrying each other and these kids, they're like six things, right? You know, they're from... Egypt and Ireland and New York. It's just like, it's crazy. And I think now the world kind of accepts all these different Mm. cultures, but Mm. in the seventies, it was very difficult. You know, my mom and dad too. I mean, they were, they were adults. I was a kid. They were adults and they had a tough time, you know? So, um, and then of course over the years, but I get my attitude from my mother and now I slap myself in the face because it's just like, now she's older and it's like, and I'm sitting there going, she's just not listening to me, but yep, that's me. So, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's crazy, but no, awesome. I'm very, awesome. I'm very happy and fortunate. My parents decided to, to make that. I don't know who I would have become if we were still mm. there. Mm. Um, so, cause it's not very easy to live there sure. unless you are, there is no middle class. It's either poor or rich. Middle class, it's it's really on the poor side. So depending on the type of job, um, and if you work for an American company, you definitely have a lot more advantage than working for a local Egyptian company. Um, so I'm, I, you know, I, I count my blessings being in the United States and having the freedom to make decisions and choices. And same thing, just like other cul- cultures. The men have the upper hand in those types of countries versus the women. The women could only do so much. It has changed since the 70s. Mm-hmm. Women have a lot more, but still, the, the man, you know, he they they rule um, most everything there. I, I, I would probably be in prison if I was in Egypt right now. So with my New York attitude, no, it won't work. <laughs> Tell me this. What is your, your superpower? What is something that's uniquely Nancy? So if you think about Superman, he flies. The Hulk has his strength. Um, I don't know if the Flash, he runs really fast. So what is the unique superpower that you possess? I don't quit. I will not, I will not say it can't be done or I will not do it. I have, to ha- I have to find an answer or I have to solve that equation or that problem. Um, it would bug me if like, I I like, you know, closing that door and making sure it's, it's taken care of no matter the situation, whether it's a job, whether it's a photography shoot or whether, I don't know, fit, you know, fixing something in the house. I mean, I would like, I'm the type of person, if I'm thinking about something, I'm that type of person that gets up in the middle of the night and go, okay, I I figured it out. And I get up and I go do it. Um, Because I, I always feel I like to always have, I guess it's my project planning. I like to start it and I like to complete it and, and end it. So one thing I would not do is, is quit. I'll, I, I don't think anybody's ever heard, no, I can't, or I'm not going to do that. I just, I just don't do that. Mm-hmm. So Love I don't it. know if that's a superpower, but I just nice. will not. Yeah. I won't. That is a superpower. <laughs> that's, that's a super duper power. That's, 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 that's a super duper power because it's tenacity, it's persistence, Great. it's perseverance, yeah. and most most importantly, it's conclusions. Yeah. So many people start stuff without finishing. Yeah. And what would the world be like if everyone finished what they started? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Different I world. mean, I'm in. I don't know if I mentioned to you guys earlier. So I sold my house in December. Um, I didn't need to move. I was just at the phase of my life. I go, you know what? If I'm gonna, I've never built a house. That was a goal of mine, and um, I had the opportunity to do it. And so I said, okay. I never put myself in a situation that I can't either afford or handle. So I said, I know I have to sell my house in order to get another house. So went on the market, sold my house. And, you know, here I am. I'm with my mom and dad now until the house is done, which will be next month. But it was very interesting watching this build from a piece of dirt to wood to a framing to now we're getting into tiles and sinks and things like that. It was like almost like having a child, right, and watching it grow. But 
I am with these contractors and I ask my questions and I have my little checklist because I just want to make sure everything that I asked for, when I, when I, they give me those keys, I completed that, you know, that project, even though physically I'm not doing it, but I am with them and, and they have been a great, great builder. They, you know, they've been with texting and email and everything. I, I go physically see it or they email it to me. But again, here's a project in my life that I worked on for a year um, and mm. it's coming to completion. And for me just to see it now, it's it's done. That, yeah. you know, that's awesome. You mentioned the checklist. That's something that I um, I tend to do is, is mm-hmm. you know, try to be as thorough as I can when I'm working with someone. Right. And I, t- I tell my son, one of the reasons is because at the end of the day, I never want to hear, well, I thought no one told me. Yep. It could have been, but you know, so there's no, there's no room for guessing or assuming, or I didn't know. Yeah, right? exactly. If you're, if, if, if you're thorough with someone, the worst mm-hmm. that could happen is that person might say, oh, he's so irritating. That's okay with me. As long yep. as when we're, when we're done, we're both have this, the, the, this, the result we both were expecting. Right. So I'd right. rather be a little irritating than get to the end. And it's like, well, this is not what either of us talk. So yeah, so that, that, that resonates with me. Yeah, I've, al- I've always, I mean, I have my calendar on my desk when I work. I have my calendar yeah. on my computer yeah. and I have a task that I had need to complete. And some th- tasks can be pushed out, you know, a day or two, right. but it has to get done. And I think done. for me, the hardest task when I have to run after somebody for answers or yeah. I'm dependent on somebody for that PowerPoint, you know, right. so I st- then that's where I create humor and I'm like, Hey, Avon calling. Did you get right, that PowerPoint right, done? Right, right, right. Cause we yeah, need yeah, it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Humor um, helps. yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. I know when I put myself a task for Nancy, it's going to get mm-hmm. done. Right. The task that's more challenging is when I'm dependent on somebody else. So, um, you have a, you've had, have a pretty dynamic life, right? Lots of a couple irons in the fire, lots going on. If you were to write your autobiography today, what would the title be? Live for today. Like it. Live for like today. It. Yeah, Nancy, yes. I got to tell you, this has been one of the most uh, eye-opening interviews we've had in a while. I've never um, thorough talked about photography so thoroughly. Um, it, your passion shows through, and I love that. Um, the fact that you're able to use your passion to generate income is just icing on the cake. Um, I just want to say I really appreciate appreciate you taking the time to uh, to be on the Dre and Smiley uh, podcast. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. And once again, I appreciate your willingness. As soon as I, I, I instant message you and you're like, yes, I'll do it. I was like so excited. And, and thank you for your time, your energy, your passion, your stories. And and, and once again, thank you. Thank you so much, guys. No, I pre- it was a pleasure. I'm, I love seeing both of you. And it was a pleasure. And thank you. The questions were great. <laughs>